you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 90 and I am Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successful retail transformation. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Can you believe it? Episode 90. We're going to be coming up on the full century episode 100. Felt like a million miles away when I first started and now it just feels just around the corner really. It's amazing. So looking forward to that big milestone. But As 2020 has shown us, there is an awful long way to go before we get there. Now, you know, just as well as I do, there's lots going on at the moment. There's increased pressure in the retail industry all over the shop for obvious reasons that I don't need to go into. But I'm sure you're probably finding yourself needing to spin many, many plates at once and perhaps needing to wear a number of different hats all at once as well. And that can be really challenging, as you know full well. Obviously, the stakes are incredibly high right now, financially, ethically, and especially from a care perspective as well. So with these high stakes and with many, many plates spinning all at once, it gets really pretty stressful and no one wants that, right? You know, it's going to cause challenges for you personally as an individual. So today I wanted to give you some structure to really help define your transformation and make sure you've got all of the different elements considered that you really need to be thinking about right here in 2020. And the structure we're using today are the 10 P's. Now, these are not to be confused with the four P's of marketing. And in actual fact, you could use these 10 P's alongside There are four Ps, so you'd have 14 Ps, if that makes sense. (laughs) You'd be saving up for a whole pound at this rate. (laughs) But in all seriousness, so the four marketing Ps, which are not included in the 10, are product, price, promotion, and place, which still absolutely are relevant. So don't ignore those and think about how you can actually supplement these. So these 10 Ps that we're diving into today are all there to really help make sure that your entire business, not just marketing, your entire business is really transforming, particularly around your operations, whether that's stores, online, whatever. Now, I do have to warn you, this is the first part of a two-parter, so do make sure you hit that subscribe button for the podcast and do come on back next week where we'll be continuing on our journey So we're going to do five P's today and five P's next week. And also, before we do get going, of course, if you've not signed up for my free retail transformation briefings that come out every single week, sharing the headlines as well as key insight around the world of retail and retail transformation in particular, then you must sign up. You can find the sign up form over on the show notes page today which is obandco.uk slash 90. That's obandco.uk slash 90. So let's jump straight on in then. The first P 
You've heard me say this one before, right? It's purpose. What is your reason for being? And it really sets the tone for, frankly, the whole company, if it's identified and used correctly. And we'll be diving into some of the challenges if you don't do that correctly in a little bit. But just before we do get into it, I think purpose is one of those words that actually I've really seen increasing, particularly over the last three months since coronavirus has come around. Now, if you've been a long time listener to the show, you'll remember that we've been talking about this for a long, long time. And I'm afraid I'm going to keep on talking about it because I'm a firm believer in it. I think it can do absolute wonders for your retail business if it's done correctly. Now, I think there are two broad types of purpose, and both are good. Neither one is better than the other. It's what you do with it rather than which type it is, right? So the first type is the greater good. This is all about having a purpose that is bigger than the company. It's about really doing some positive good in the world. So really taking that social responsibility piece and majoring on it, let's say. So there are a couple of good examples here. Tom's, Tom's shoes are, are probably one of the best known examples. And I just wanted to uh, share what their mission, what their purpose is. So this is directly from the Tom's website. For every pair of Tom's shoes purchased online or at retail, the company will provide a pair to a child in need one for one. So that's their promise, essentially. That's their purpose. That's why they get out of bed in the morning to make sure that when they sell shoes, they can donate and give a pair of shoes to a child somewhere in the world. It's very clear. If they are doing that, great. The world continues from their perspective. If they are not, then that's a challenge and they need to buck up their ideas, essentially. The next example is Patagonia. So they say that their mission is to build the best product, cause no unnecessary harm, use business to inspire and implement solutions to the environmental crisis. Patagonia is in business to save our home planet. So there we go. They are taking on the challenge of saving the entire world. Nothing if not a lofty goal, right? Again, they go into a little bit of the details. It's not quite as specific as the Tom's example, but it's certainly broader reaching. And I think that purpose then comes through in everything that their culture sets up. And it's something for their customers to buy into as well. Now, these, I think, are generally few and far between right at the moment. But I think we'll probably see more of these sort of social enterprises coming through. But to be truly authentic, it really needs to be right from inception, right from the startup moment. And it really needs to be driven by a passionate founder. In my belief, I may be wrong, but in my belief, it needs to be driven by a passionate founder rather than being agreed by a, a board of execs and non-execs. So that's the first type of purpose, the greater good. And the second type is the customer-centric type. Now, this kind of does what it says on the tin, right? And I've got a couple of examples here. So Tesco, their purpose is, or their mission is, serving shoppers a little better every day. And they go on to say, our business was built with a simple mission, to be the champion for customers, helping them to enjoy a better quality of life and an easier way of living. This hasn't changed. Customers want great products at great value, which they can buy easily 
And it's our job to deliver this in the right way for them. So what Tesco have done there is laid out the mission that they want to be continually evolving, continually improving their business. So change is actually an active part of their mission, which is great to see. And they talk about a number of different things that are important to customers. So that then forms a very key part of their business and the direction and the strategy and actually all into the values and everything that people strive to achieve within Tesco. So that's great. Another great example here, and it's going to be Amazon, whose mission or purpose is to become the most customer-centric company on earth. And they say, we aim to be Earth's most customer-centric company. Our mission is to continually raise the bar of the customer experience by using the internet and technology to help consumers find, discover, and buy anything, and empower businesses and content creators to maximize their success. So there we go. That's their purpose and mission. And perhaps it alludes to where we'll see Amazon going next, particularly thinking about helping empower businesses and content creators, which forms part of their mission that arguably fits into the whole AWS element of their business. But maybe we'll see a lot more from them in that area. Who knows? So those are a couple of examples, Tesco and Amazon, for a customer-centric purpose. But what I don't want you to confuse this with is a marketing campaign. So Apple had this big marketing campaign called Think Different, right? But that's not their purpose. That's not not their mission, but it is a good advertising campaign nevertheless. Now, it could be that your purpose and your advertising campaign sort of fit side by side, a bit like Tom's do heavily in their marketing, but it doesn't need to be. And actually, it should be the purpose that stands there first rather than the marketing campaign, right? That purpose or the mission then acts as a guiding light to make sure that the entire business is aligned. And it should really help to stop things like silos forming or conflict. It should define the values that your people live by. And it should inspire your customers, not by words, but by actions. What you do should inspire your customers. But, and I did say there was a danger here, right? If you don't stay true to a purpose, or if you don't obey it, then what happens is it basically very quickly turns into empty words, which will result in conflict internally and possibly externally as well, right? The brand focus will become confused and blurry and these hollow words then risk lulling you and other leaders in the organization into a full sense of security about what the brand is, where it's going and how the business is operating. So this P, purpose, absolutely can make or break the business. So to make sure that you're on the right track with it, it has to really start from the top. So the CEO, the chairperson, the president should be the guardian of the purpose and they must live it and breathe it and really show leading by example with this particular element all the time. And that focus will cascade down into the rest of the organization. So the first P, purpose. The second P is proposition. And will it be enough for your customers? Now, this is really about taking your purpose and making it real in the literal world. So when you're defining your proposition, 
absolutely you should have your purpose front of mind because, as I mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, it should form a guiding light to direct you to shape your decisions. And proposition absolutely is the customer-facing element of your business that hopefully is going to get your customers into your store or onto your site or engaging with your brand and ultimately dipping their hand into the pocket. So when you're thinking about your proposition, you very much need to be thinking about what are the alternatives. Are you the best option out there? Because if you are not, then people will go elsewhere for their shopping and they'll take their money with them, I'm afraid. So really, you need to be thinking about balancing off the different frictions and rewards and very much thinking about the session I did with the Uncrowd team back in episode 67 and 68. So do go and check that one out. But essentially, the whole theme here is actually look at all the good points, the rewards, look at all the pain points, the frictions between you and your competitors, because that's what's going on in a consumer's head, in a shopper's head. They are making a series of complex measurements and decisions based on perception and fact and deciding what's going to be the best option. So your proposition, and in fact, your entire operation must be thinking about what are the alternatives from a customer, a shopper's perspective. Because if you can get into that frame of mind, then you will be able to predict which way customers and shoppers will go and where they're going to spend their money. And hopefully it's going to be with you. So you're going to want to make sure that you have a unique proposition because otherwise it's very easy for customers to choose elsewhere. And you're going to want to make sure that it's very relevant relevant for your target customers in particular, but relevant in the right way, at the right time, on the right channels as well, that make sense for your purpose, for your customers, for your business. So make sure that you are very clearly building the proposition that supports the purpose and delivers for your target customers. That's the second P. The third P is profit. Not just about money, but about getting more out of the business than you're putting in. Yes, money is, of course, an important part of a business. That's really the very essence of business in my viewpoint. And frankly, I don't always understand these sort of new Silicon Valley companies, which end up making excessive spending way beyond their means and end up loss making for many, many years. That seems slightly weird to me, but hey, perhaps I just don't understand the bigger picture. But this really is about profit financially, but also profit in the sense of providing positive value into the world. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. It's very closely linked to the next P, actually. So stay tuned. (laughs) But right in this moment, we've, of course, got to be thinking about financial elements. In these challenging times, it's front of mind, really. And absolutely, you should be thinking about how you can minimize your costs to maximize your profit, or at least protect your profit, right? So efficiency savings are going to be a key part of your transformation plan right now, Would I would absolutely guess. And frankly, as a black belt, I'd also recommend looking at Lean Six Sigma as a direction. It's something that I've trained in to a very expert level. And I think if done correctly... It can be a real game changing for your business. And I just want to leave you with a thought here when it comes to efficiency savings with a view to 
protecting or increasing that profit number. And it's all about Parkinson's law, which normally would be talking about time, but let's let's broaden it to resources because I think the same is true. So if we have less resources available to spend or use, we will find a way to do the same thing for less. That's really important to be thinking about. But you can't just trim budgets and just hope for the best. Instead, you really need to be more strategic and more structured. Or what's going to happen is you're going to end up with a very inconsistent approach across different parts of your business, across the different operations, different stores, etc., etc. And that's going to be confusing for customers. And it's actually going to potentially pull you away from that all-important purpose and actually could damage the proposition as well. So you want to make sure that you are thinking about doing the same for less, but you want to make sure that you have a structured plan in place to allow you to do that. So as I say, Lean Six Sigma could be a great way of thinking about this. So do check that out. If you're not familiar, then hey, do reach out as well. It'd be great to talk to you about how Lean Six Sigma could help your business As I say, I'm a passionate supporter. So my email is oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And it would be great to hear from you. So that's the third P. So we've had purpose, proposition, profit. The fourth P is perspective. This is about understanding where you fit in the world. And there are four elements to it. The first is sustainability. Now this of course, has been increasing in awareness and it's becoming increasingly important to consumers, whatever category you are in and actually whatever country and territory you are in as well. Now, it's absolutely true that not all consumers value this in the same way at the moment. And it's also worth considering that despite research saying people will spend more for sustainable products, etc., we're still waiting for people to really take action on that, but it is coming. So you need to start thinking about this. Diversity and inclusion is the second element of perspective. Now, of course, in 2020, we've had the Black Lives Matter movement, which is really bringing this to the forefront, but it is an increasing challenge for the retail industry. It is not the first time that this challenge has come up. It's nothing new, right? But it is there and it is coming to a crescendo. So start to think about what that could mean for your business and how it could actually be a positive force for change, positive change in your business. Next, you need to be thinking about ethics. This is really key and it's got to be in line with your purpose. In the UK, we've got the Boohoo case going on at the moment where they are alleged to be really not doing some very good things in their supply chain. So make sure that you are trading ethically and actually If it was found out, is that something you're going to be proud of? That's the mentality you need to have. And that would be transformative for your business. Again, make sure that it's in line with your purpose. And then finally, to get a bit more perspective, you have to realize that it's not just about you and your brand. In fact, your customers don't even care about your brand all that much. Now, part of that goes back to the fact that They are thinking about the proposition and they are thinking about the different frictions and rewards as to what's going to be the best place for them to go shopping. But also the fact that your customers, surprise, surprise, are real people and they have real lives that are full of color and different hopes and fears and goals and dreams. And actually, 
You're just a shop, online or physical, whatever, or a brand that perhaps helps them on their way, absolutely, but it's not the centrepiece of their life. So you must realise that because, because I think sometimes we end up getting up our own backsides a little and lose sight of that. So I think getting that perspective is important. So that's our fourth P. So our fifth P that we're going to dive into today is process. And this is really about relentlessly driving an effective, an efficient and a consistent business operation. And really, this comes right back down to defining and putting in place your operating model, a series of best practices for your business that are integrating the systems, your processes, your procedures, your policies, your tools, your people into an ever-evolving set of core operations that really give clarity and instruction on how the business and different parts of the business work. Now, let's not beat around the bush. An operating model is not a one-size-fits-all, completely rigid to-do list. Neither is it optional, but it's still important to be able to localize it and personalize it where it counts. And that will help you to deliver consistency as well as take advantage of the economies of scale, whether that's number of stores, whether that's different warehouses or sheds or whatever you're thinking about. It's going to help you to develop your business, making those efficiency savings, as well as increasing the accuracy of what you do. It's going to help you to achieve your purpose and make sure that your proposition is delivered every single time. So make sure that you are defining and implementing your operating model so that you can achieve that fifth P process. Now, I really geek out about all of this because I love operating models and I work with retail businesses to help them define and improve their operating models across, frankly, the entire business because I'm a firm believer that actually nothing really sits in a box. Everything tends to, by the time you consider true end-to-end, it bleeds across the entire business. So I've ended up working on a number of different projects and programs to improve operating models from supply chain to stores to head offices and all of the interlinked elements as well. So again, do reach out if you want to chat or want to geek out about operating models because I love it. (laughs) So those are our five P's for the start for part one. And in the next episode, we'll be continuing this journey going through P number six to number 10. So make sure that you do hit subscribe and come back next week for those. But just to wrap up, there are a number of different things going on in retail right now, and it can be very confusing and very precarious because the stakes are high and there are many plates spinning right at the moment. So today we discussed the first five P's. They were number one, purpose. And we talked about having the two different types of purpose, the greater good and the customer centric. Secondly, we were looking at proposition and how you can make sure that you are your customer's first choice. The third P was about profit. And of course, financial profit is a key element here, but it's not everything. But absolutely, you should be thinking about efficiency savings. The fourth P was getting some perspective, thinking about sustainability, about diversity, about your ethics, but also realizing with a bit of perspective that customers just don't care about your brand as much as you do. 
And then, of course, the fifth P was process, where we're talking about the importance of operating models and the fact that you must get an operating model defined and in place to allow you to deliver consistently and achieve your purpose and achieve your proposition. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of these. As always, it'd be a pleasure to be in touch with you. So do reach out my email again, oliver.banks at obandco.uk or hey, find me on LinkedIn. I'm Oliver Banks or Twitter at Ollie underscore Banks, O-L-L-I-E underscore Banks. And if you'd like help, by the way, in transforming your retail operation, then I would love to work with you. So do reach out and let's talk. And we're going to be wrapping this episode up right here. And do remember, hit subscribe and come back next week where we'll be exploring the final five Ps. Have a great week. Catch up soon. Bye for now.